you see the symptoms, right? There's this massive explosion of the trashio and trashio clones, and the closer home, there's global bees, there's Mensa brands. It's a symptom of that challenge, right? What is happening is that people are finding it very hard to become profitable, and uh, that's what we bring. We want to continue to bring to business uh, is that you can stay independent, you can grow sustainably, and uh, uh, you know you do not have to sell out. Um, and you you can implement infrastructure and complex uh, technologies and uh, automations without having to break a sweat, right? Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hariyarakli, and my guest today is Kausambi Manjita, co-founder and CEO of Mason, an award-winning startup that is making it easier for small retailers around the world to set up their online storefronts with its cloud-based no-code software. In today's conversation, Kaus, as her friends and colleagues call her, talks about the role she envisions for Mason as the online retail space becomes ever more competitive for her customers. Bangalore-based Mason is also close to securing its next round of funding, and Kaus talks about the company's top priorities ahead as it begins to scale its solutions. Of course, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, really nice to have you back. Of course, we want to talk about uh, Mason, uh, everything that you all have been doing. It's been eight plus months since we last spoke. Before that, I guess it would help people who are not familiar with your work if you give us some kind of a snapshot background of uh, what Mason is about, how you all started it, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Super, super excited to be back, Hari. And uh, uh, so uh, Mason is a no-code store operating engine for commerce. Um, commerce E-commerce is a $10 trillion industry today. And customer experience is pretty much at the center and at the front of it, right? So what uh, Mason helps brands and retailers do is ensure that they can deliver the most fresh, relevant, engaging experiences in their store at 24-7 uh, without any hiccups so that their, their online store can perform the best, right? Um, our goal is essentially to help uh, uh, brands, retailers, the I would say the 99% of e-commerce rather than the top 1% to actually go from just setting up an online store to actually growing their business by delivering the best customer experience. Um, and uh, both me and my co-founder have a lot of background in e-commerce, uh, uh, specifically e-commerce tech. I've worked at IBM Commerce, um, building out uh, order management and all of that backend engines uh, a while back. Uh, my co-founder and I met at Mintra, where we both literally built out the operating engine for Mintra. We built out the storefront experience platform, a lot of tools and levers for the revenue teams to actually deliver high quality experiences and uh, married with the right data for the right customer at the right time. And uh, our realization was that, hey, this, you know, the top 1% of the world, of the e-commerce world, have the you know, the budgets, the technology chops to actually deploy these, uh, you know, technology solutions that help them do that, right? Literally at Mentra, we were a 200, 300 member team who were building these solutions. And uh, when you step back and you look at the rest of the 99%, um, they're literally scrambling 
um, all the way from understanding data to operating to managing complex experiences. And we, we definitely want to make it simple. Uh, we are making it easy to access. And uh, that's where the no-code part of what we do comes into the picture. Tell us a bit more about when you started Mason, what was your thesis? What did you think was the problem that uh, a lot of people would uh, adopt your solutions uh, if you solved it? And uh, maybe we can also get into what it's been like over the last 18-odd months. What are some of the interesting uh, changes you all made, discoveries you all made in terms of what really uh, your customers wanted and so on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the first thesis was definitely because we have a bit of background in the space and uh, you know, we build engines for larger teams. Uh, the primary hypothesis and or rather the observation was that if, you know, you see today CAC is simply shooting off the roof, right? You have so many brands uh, coming online, setting up their online experiences and online stores. And and that's that's the reality today because especially with the pandemic, you couldn't help but actually ensure that you have a online presence of the business. And that was even, even more important for anybody in commerce. So brands, retailers uh, just came in hordes and set up their online stores, right? Um, and, and of course, like technologies like Shopify, uh, you know, Magento, WooCommerce, it's making it so much simpler for you to literally set up a store in, in a few hours, if not in minutes. Um, but what that's leading to is that there's just a lot of competition. Um, and uh, a symptom of that is that today you see customer acquisition costs to be at an all-time high, right? And uh, for brands and retailers to actually be able to win, what they have to do is they have to focus on their customer lifetime brand, which is essentially how do you get your customers to come back to you? How do you get your customers to convert? Uh, how do you get uh, more loyal users rather than, you know, constantly acquiring new uh, customers, right? So this was the starting point um, because we've been in the industry. We saw that and we knew that, hey, like, how do we help people, um, you know, deliver the right experience uh, consistently 24-7 uh, because online you have a 24-7 store. Uh, but um, when we started out, I think our first question, uh, interestingly, Hari, was that, like, this is a great, you know, big picture vision of the problem, the uh, e-commerce stack itself, where we can essentially help uh, brands really grow fast online and uh, become self-sufficient, right? Uh, but the first question was like, what, how do we get started? Where do we start with? Because customer experience platform, customer experience engines, operating engine for your e-commerce, these are like really complicated terms. And I think our first question was uh, about two years back is, what is it? How do we drill it down, simplify it to the extent that, hey, people have a real relevant need today for one specific problem that they're looking at? And how can we identify it and cover it and actually go to market with it, right? Uh, so the first thing that we did, honestly, was um, speak to a lot of customers. Uh, as you know well by now, I love speaking to customers. I love staying close to people. And um, I think over a few months, we literally spoke to about 2,000 odd, uh, you know, DTC brands, retailers everywhere. Um, from India to uh, states, to Europe, to Japan, to Brazil, um, 
in the world, of course, uh, the internet makes it very easy to reach out. People are always amenable to talk to product makers and, uh, you know, talk about their problems. And uh, one primary pattern started coming out is that a lot of these, uh, you know, 99% of the world e-commerce world teams were saying that, hey, you know, we are driving a lot of traffic to our store, um, but not everybody is converting well. And that was the starting point for us is that, hey, conversions, right? Like how do we help people grow their conversions today? Um, and uh, it, it, when we dig down uh, over the first few months of, you know, uh, uh, powering or building the product, we realized that there's definitely a tangible gap also in conversions, like a small store is converting at probably a 0.5 to a 1.5%, whereas the larger teams um, uh, like global teams, uh, like you know, Allbirds or Glossier or Warby Parker, they're converting at eight percent. And then you sort of look at like uh, uh, Amazon, and it's converting customers at like thirteen uh, percent, right? So there's definitely a big gap. Um, so uh, you know, we move from hey, we need to help people, um, you know, run a twenty-four-seven store uh, because that's a big gap today. Uh, from there, we move to, hey, definitely, you know, we need to help people grow, uh, convert each customer that comes onto their store faster and better. Uh, that's a tangible metric to chase. And uh, we started out with that. We started out with what are these three, four levers, you know, instant levers that people use to, con you know, better convert in their store, right? Simple, uh, low-hanging fruits uh, and uh, e-commerce e strategies that they implement. Uh, simple things like they run sales, they uh, you know, uh, launch new products, they create product bundles, etc. We said that, hey, let's, let's power that, right? And um, as we started uh, doing that, uh, what we started also realizing is that most of, even though we thought that, hey, everybody who comes to set up a store online knows how to do all of these strategies, we realized that actually a lot of these strategies people are not aware of, or maybe it just gets lost because it's not a list of actionable strategies that they can implement every day. So for example, even if I'm running a sale, um, we don't have many kinds of sale I can run. I can run uh, you know, a flat 50% off, I can run a buy one, get one free. Just a simple example, I can run a clearance sale. So there are multiple strategies even within one kind of strategy uh, that you deploy to increase your customer experience. And uh, so, you know, we realized that, hey, like we wanna, create a set of these playbooks, which are collated from all the top, uh, you know, brands globally, the strategies that they deploy across e-commerce, make it simple, you know, templates, almost like Zapier, Zap sort of templates, and they can simply, you know, log into the app, start using it, and that will help them do it better. So that was the first, I, I would say, uh, 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 evolution is that, hey, not just like give people levers to do something, but also give them templates of what they can do and then we started realizing that it's still hard because if you have to deploy every strategy manually all the time um, you know your store is 24 7 uh, you can't operate 24 7 so that's when automation started coming into the picture that hey like given the strategies can we also help help them automate it and um, and then we started uh, also deploying automations, right? All these strategies, they are automatable um, and, uh, you know, you can deploy it back to your store 24-7 hands-free. Then we started realizing through customers is that today the store is also distributed. So a lot of, you know, interesting trends coming into this conversation, but your store is essentially distributed. It's not just your website, but your app, 
you know, your BWA, your web store, maybe even an Instagram shop. And so the third part of the evolution was that, hey, how do we help them run these strategies 24-7, but also deploy these strategies across your distributed storefront, right? Um, and that's how essentially over these last 18 months, um, you know, we kept moving from that one anchor of we definitely know that it is getting more competitive for teams to, uh, you know, grab customers and re-engage with them. And so they need to re-engage with them. And to re-engage with them, they need to deliver great store experiences. What are store experiences? Well, there are a bunch of e-commerce strategies to do that. But um, just giving people uh, an ability to deploy a strategy or create a strategy is not enough. You need to help them figure out what strategies to deploy, make it automated, uh, ensure that they can deploy the strategy seamlessly across all the points of their customer's journey. Um, and then you can actually think about evolve, uh, I would say, into becoming a real operating engine for your store, right? Um, so yeah, so in, in a long, winded uh, way, that's how the movement has been. Mm. You already uh, spoke about how the uh, evolution of your company so far has been about figuring out some of the things that you could automate uh, with no-code software for your customers. Can you drill down into that a little bit and talk about uh, maybe a couple of innovations that you all are really proud of in your product? Yeah, and, and then to speak about like what does no-code, more than no-code, I think what does automation mean uh, itself, right? And why is it even relevant and what is the innovation behind it? Uh, you know, everybody's saying nowadays that there's a lot of automation products out there. Like wh what's the big deal? Why does e-commerce even need one, right? And, and, and to double click on that, I think uh, it, it'll be interesting to uh, dive down into this, uh, you know, shift in technology today. If you, if you start noticing, we've moved from an era of, you know, systems of records to like systems of flows, right? Uh, systems of records are, for example, so CRMs or your databases or your CMSs. Um, systems of flow are middleware products, right, from Zapier to Segment, right? Uh, so the difference between systems of record and systems of flow is that one is a storage, whereas the other is a runtime uh, engine, right? Um, so for example, um, uh, the Zapier or a Segment, they allow for data flow actually to happen, right? And uh, let's take an example of when is such a system needed in e-commerce, right? Um, so, Hari, you, you upgraded yourself and you, uh, you know, got great uh, microphone uh, and I'm sure a few other things uh, as you, uh, you know, extended your podcast over the last year. And uh, so when you bought it, uh, when you placed the order after when the shipment uh, was ready to be shipped to you, I'm sure you received an email about it, right? So what it needed was data had to move from an order management system to shipping and fulfillment to actually back to a notification, you know, engine, right? And that's what movement of data between systems is all about. So um, today this movement is a constant stream because customers are shopping 24 seven um, and at any point in the day uh, and uh, you're, you're shipping and fulfillment and your, uh, uh, you know, your customer support, all of those are happening parallelly async, right? Uh, synchronized and asynchronous, right? And so, what what is happening is that things are moving from being from needing only systems of records. You definitely need a database, for example, to store this information, like an order management system. But you definitely also need 
uh, system of flow that help that's create that creates this engine, right? And today, uh, in customer experience, when you deliver customer experience as an e-commerce team, uh, today this customer experience is extremely fragmented, and it's difficult to really. Uh, connect all the dots, connect all the data from when your customer is buying to what your customer needs to be uh, shown uh, to, uh, you know, when your inventory is changing to when your pricing is changing to all those data systems and your uh, storage systems that are changing uh, to actually transform all of the data into experiences and put it back to your customer, right? So what you need is actually the similar runtime capabilities, essentially for your e-commerce experience also, right? And if you, if you look at a typical e-commerce store today, it's designed, there's a great design, there's a, like a great website and you have a homepage and uh, it looks a certain way and all of that. Um, but what you actually need to do is you need these designs to constantly adapt and interact with the customers based on what the customer is engaging, based on what the customer has done. And so that's the, you know, that's the space that we are seeing is, is uh, super important. It's definitely custom-forged engines that are available or teams like Mentra and globally any other top, you know, 1% e-commerce and marketplaces in the world have actually built out these systems of flow, right? And we did that. Um, both me and my co-founder, we did that in, in our past work. Uh, but when you step down and you look at the mass of, um, you know, uh, uh, retail, um, you have a system, great system of record and a great uh, uh, platform like a Shopify or in India, maybe a Dukan or a Vikari. These are great platforms, right? But they are not systems of flows. They're systems of records. And so what is missing is this system of flow that actually helps you constantly deliver great customer experience. And that's where automation, um, if you start seeing, becomes very, very important, right? And um, that's where the innovation, or I would say our stance in, in the space is that we are creating this new e-commerce stack. We're modernizing the e-commerce uh, uh, stack with, uh, with experience, customer experience at the center of it, right? This tech stack is lacking a system of flow today. And that's where, uh, you know, Mason actually fits in because it's an operating engine and it is adding that system of flow to your e-commerce stack, right? And it sits on top of your e-commerce platform, connects to your e-commerce stores, and sits right in the middle uh, to create great customer experience. So uh, I would say our innovation is literally that, right? That you need that connector, <laughs> you need that middleware, and that's missing. A uh, couple of uh, deeper, I would say, technical dive-ins into that is that we, of course, there's automation, which is essentially how do we connect all the systems, create these experiences on the fly, right? Uh, but second is also, can we pull back the data of how that experience is performing and help the uh, uh, retailer or the brand to actually now make that experience better, experiment with better experiences. So that's another uh, layer uh, of innovation. And the third layer of innovation is, of course, uh, I would say it, it's not necessarily innovation, but people underestimate how much ease, <laughs> ease and simplicity is uh, so crucial to adoption and to growth. And uh, I think ease and simplicity is our is our third uh, uh, you know pillar of our innovation because no code makes it happen. We have out of the box playbooks for everything, pretty much a lot of things that you need to do in e-commerce, like run a sale, run a buy one get one, whatever you want to do, run a great notification to hurry uh, the next time there's a uh, new uh, you know podcast mic that's performing really well. Um, 
all of these uh, you know uh, things are literally no code playbooks that people don't have to scramble across to implement they can simply you know browse uh, a recipe you know you know get it live on their store and go running um so yeah so two things one is there's a movement from system of um, records to system of flow in e-commerce there's no system of there's a gap in the system of flow for vast majority of the retail space we are bringing that uh, uh, system to everybody we're democratizing really complex technology making it super simple and uh, making it usable and friendly um, yet powerful for everyone right uh, so yeah that that would i would say would be our innovation and you said you one of the important priorities uh, over the next year is to scale out some of these software engines that you have built uh, explain that a little bit what does that entail in practice and what's the significance of what you said yeah uh there are two parts to it actually um even if i look at company building the interesting thing is that there are two experiences that you're constantly setting as a company uh one is your customer experience as a company how do my customers find the product how do they find do they find value quickly do they find uh an ability to grow as a business through the product and how are we powering that constantly how are we delivering the best customer experience to our customers right but the other side of it is also employee experience employees are also our customers in a way i would say you have to wear the same lens um our team our partners um even our you know uh, the board all of them are essentially a part of your uh, in a team experience right so you have customer experience and you have team experience um and as as you start shifting from product market fit, fit to actually now scaling a realization is that uh now you have to set systems and engines otherwise you can't scale rapidly right because uh learning and knowledge cannot be tapped into uh or trapped in someone's head or be centralized into two people or five people or the founding team or just some managers right um and uh, so on the customer experience side what it translates into is that how do we one uh, create more reliable systems um you know it's not just uh, powering uh, you know low latency uh, customer experiences because of course now you're talking about powering great experience for you know 10 trillion dollar industry uh, which means that you got to make sure that experiences don't take more than a fraction of a second uh, to go live on on a store uh, otherwise uh, that brand is not able to deliver uh, to its its promise to its own customers right so low latency um and reliability of course are two extremely important uh, uh things to that we are working on for this year and the third is um delivering delivering interactive experiences and that goes back already to what i was talking about is not just delivering the experience but can you also see how it is performing because that's super important for you to iterate and grow as a business right um so the third uh a pillar in in our technology uh, engines is how do we ensure that this whole loop is uh, tied together uh, to ensure that interactivity of the customers uh, or and their own customers or the shoppers in in a store how do we tie back the data how do we help our customers to take decisions faster right um so that's on the customer experience uh, our customer experience and within that the technology stack but there's also people stack there it's about 
our customer support, uh, how are we product experts? Are we, if, whenever we have a customer ping us or, uh, you know, request us for some new features or come back with a problem on how new problem on how do I do this, right? Are we able to deliver the right experience back to that customer, right? So there's also a people stack there, which also needs its own systems, knowledge bases, almost a community approach there uh, to help. Not, because we can't be the uh, only people who's helping uh, customers. That's not scalable. Can we have a community of customers who are able to help each other out? Um, so, so that's the people stack that needs a community-focused, I would say, engine and system to be set in place. Um, on the other side, which is the employee and team experience side, uh, very similar there. I think uh, one is ensuring that the uh, agenda of a culture, of team culture, the agenda of, uh, you know, what are we as a company, our vision, mission, all of that is not centralized and in the hands of like a few who have to enforce it, right? How do we democratize it, make it decentralized, uh, you know, uh, have the right checks uh, and balances in place, but make sure that everybody from ground up actually owns it and is able to contribute and scale it uh, as the company grows, right? Um, so that is a very, very crucial piece. I uh, don't want to uh, miss uh, mentioning that. That would be the third piece that uh, in terms of engines we're going to focus on this year. Hmm. So in the context of uh, these different factors and uh, in the backdrop of the technology shift that you spoke about, give us a sense of uh, the direction in which you see Mason itself evolving. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, end of the day, you know, experience is what uh, makes, uh, you know, any business successful. Um, engagement is what makes a business successful. Uh, if end of the day, as customers, as you and me, we buy things or we love brands or we engage with businesses because we in some way, uh, you know, feel attached to them, uh, feel that they resonate with us uh, and uh, feel that they understand us, right? Um, so, you know, we, as, I, as I was saying that starting with the problem of, hey, how do we help you operate a store 24-7? How do we, you know, help you uh, better conversions in your store, etc.? But actually, when you zoom out, it's about uh, uh, powering you to be independent as a business, right? Uh, and, and you see that today. Uh, it's getting, as I was saying, it's so easy for brands and retailers to come online. It's getting harder to grow online. And you see the symptoms, right? There's this massive explosion of the Trashio and Trashio clones. And the closer home, there's Global Bees, there's Mensa brands. Um, it, it's a symptom of the challenge, right? What is happening is that it's people finding it very hard to become profitable, right? Mm. And uh, that's what we bring, we want to continue to bring to business uh, is that you can stay independent, you can grow sustainably and, uh, uh, you know, you do not have to sell out um, and you you can implement infrastructure and complex uh, technologies and uh, automations without having to break a sweat, right? So bridging that gap, making technology easy and accessible so that you stay independent uh, and you can constantly power your own growth without having to sell up, right? I think that's what the long-term vision for us is. And that's what every time we make a decision, we're constantly looking, ensuring that we are, you know, looking at that North Star and moving towards that. Yeah. One thing that I've been thinking about uh, quite, quite a bit, even as a consumer, as an ordinary consumer uh, more recently, is that uh, how do you get, uh, someone to actually uh, 
discover your storefront and trust that the experience will be just as good as uh, using an Amazon. And I get the point that there are millions of potential customers that a Mason can attract. What is the role that you can play or already playing in getting those uh, storefronts, those uh, small businesses to connect with a with an end consumer like me to the level where I would actually buy something from them outside of a large e-commerce app? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great question, right? And uh, if you look at, uh, you know, how the consumers are themselves shifting, you know, an interesting thing that you can start seeing is that as we move more towards younger millennials and Gen Zs, one very interesting anecdote over there, and it's now uh, uh, a data point. In fact, a lot of teams like McKinsey are pulling out data around that, is that they shop from somewhere um, because they feel connected. They think that the brand is sustainable, that they are planet friendly, uh, that they are, you know, um, uh, sourcing from clean, uh, uh, you know, uh, sourcing clean products, cruelty-free. So people, younger people are shifting from the mindset of I need something to I, can I connect with something? Otherwise I don't, I would rather not buy it, right? And so what's happening is that um, one, if you are a brand who's only on an Amazon, it's easy for you at some point to get found, but it, the person, hurry or whoever else is shopping is actually connected to Amazon and not the brand, right? So you you yeah. you have extremely small real estate within Amazon to actually now start pulling out this, this you know, your vision or your USP or even your, uh, uh, you know, what is your core essence as a brand, right? And you start seeing uh, that, you'll, you'll notice that in Amazon are some of the product pages, right, of certain brands, they would actually try to explain so much more beyond just displaying a product picture, right? You'll see that they talk about like the ingredients that uh, Mama does a great job of it. Actually, if you notice, they are talking about their ingredients of the products. They're talking about how to use it, why to use it, uh, you know, where they have sourced it from. Um, and I, interestingly, I was asking a few people, right? Like, have you noticed uh, uh, when you're buying Mama Earth, why do you buy it? And you know, they're saying that, hey, their products are, you know, they're sourced very cleanly. They are, they don't have parabens. And I'm like, are you going to their store to buy? Not necessarily. They're buying it from Amazon. But they're searching for Mama Earth, right? And the reason they're doing it is that in that small, tiny real estate that Mama Earth had, that little, uh, you know, surface area of the product details page, they have done their best to utilize that touch point to actually show what they are as a brand and deliver that brand experience in that limited real estate, right? Similarly, uh, when you move down to younger millennials and Gen Zs, what, what you start seeing is that they're not necessarily only shopping on marketplaces. They definitely are. But they're also a ton of times browsing on Instagram, on Pinterest, on YouTube, on Facebook. They're, you know, interacting with their friends. They're chancing upon a product recommendation from, an, uh, from someone that they follow. Uh, they're chancing upon an ad that, uh, you know, that relates to them. And... At that moment, at that, that tiny, uh, you know, surface area that the brand gets, uh, that's the cue because at that point you have to deliver, you have to one, show your value, uh, show your, uh, you know, USP as a brand. And if that consumer, for example, chooses to click on that 
and you know, open by chance, your store page opens up. That's it. That's your chance, right? You cannot let go of that chance. That's equivalent to almost like someone walking into your store, picking up a product, reading the ingredients almost, right? Uh, turning out the bottle and, uh, you know, reading it. Uh, what is it made of? Uh, comparing it with other products. It's, it's equivalent of that. It's so hard to do that uh, in the offline world too. So in that little time that you have, right, you start noticing that most of the brands are competing for the top of the funnel, right? They're saying that, hey, I'm going to do a bunch of ads. I'm going to make sure that I spread out my surface area of contact and ensure that someone gets excited enough to click on me, right? But what brands are not doing today globally is that they are not taking care of when I click on you, when I turn, when I enter your store and I pick up that product that you are displaying in the window, what is the experience that you're given? And you'll see that is a bunch of brands, the page, page time won't load faster. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they might, uh, the, if it's a t-shirt that you're talking about, the color that you liked on the ad might be out of stock or the size that you uh, are looking for is missing, right? Mm -hmm. um, all these tiny, tiny things that are just drop-off points. It makes you mistrust a brand immediately. You're like, Achha. you know, that's, it doesn't have, uh, the size is not there, never mind. No, I, I'm not going to come back. And you forget the brand immediately, right? So this little service, you ex expand your service area as a brand. Everybody is doing it. You cannot be a single channel brand anymore. You have to be on Amazon, but you also have to be on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Pinterest, wherever you are. But just if you're spending so much money to expand your service area of contact, what, why are you not utilizing that opportunity that you have when someone finally picks up your product to deliver the best experience to them and ensure that these niggling issues, and th these are massive issues, right? Like out of stocks happen, colors are not there, inventory is not there. Uh, page is broken, link is broken. These are like standard problems that most of the brands today have, right? Um, uh, at least the mass of brands today uh, are unable to focus on because it, it just, it's, it feels like it's a new technical thing that they have to, they have to learn about webhooks, they have to learn about store design, they have to learn about, you know, understanding data to update store experience. These are complicated things to do. Um, so that's where Mason fits in is that we want to ensure that you know, of course, there are a bunch of different solutions already that help you spread your surface area of contact, but there are hardly any solutions that help you ensure that when someone finally taps on you, clicks on you, knocks on your door, are you delivering that consistent, great experience? That's what we do at Mason. Okay, of course, very enjoyable conversation. Thanks so much for making time for this. I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for having me here and look forward to coming back again. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.